Tell me, though, what's his technique? That last strike, it seems invincible. Hello, and welcome to Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. My name is Carl Stout. And um, Connor McKenna. And today we are covering Iron <laughs> Fist 8. Um, so, Ta-da! An actual John Byrne cover! Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to work out what the title is. Uh, I think it's, let's just call this, like, Tigers in the Night. Because, yeah, and yeah, John Byrne cover, and it's awesome, and it's... Well, um, I don't know if I'd use the word famous, but it's a cover you see a lot. I'm going to say it is famous because this is the cover that also a Dan Atkins worked on this with him. So it's not 100% burn. I don't know what Atkins did. Maybe he was the inker, tightened up some pencils, but he's also co-credited with it. Um, This is the cover that's on the Masterpiece uh, Marvel Masterpiece Volume 2 of Iron Fist. Masterworks. Um, Masterworks, rather. Yeah. This is the issue that came with the Marvel Legends figure. And this is also an image that is now available on T-shirts for men and women. Hmm. So this one's, this this image is kind of a big deal. Groovy. And we start with an awesome first page. We should actually, actually not... describe what the cover is, <laughs> actually. Well, um, it's Iron Fist in your face. Yeah, he's 100% Iron Fist. To your face. And the uh, it reads, The Living Weapon, A Tool for Murder, By My Hand, Die. Now, uh, I'm just going to say, that little box of text that has nothing to do with the issue coming up, so... But it's a great color. It's awesome. Um, so it's yeah, awesome. First page is awesome. I agree. But however, first page, one hundred percent not drawn by John Byrne. That's all Adkins. Oh. Speaking of which, Chris, Chris Claremont is the author. John mm-hmm. Byrne and Dan Adkins co-artists. It's mostly Byrne in this issue, but this front page is definitely not Byrne. Uh, Joe Rosen, the letterer, Bonnie Wilford is the colorist, and Archie Goodwin in his back is the editor. Marv is still taking a hiatus. Yeah. And But yeah. great first page. Great, great imaging. Mm. So half of the... So basically what you got is you have Iron Fist with a clenched fist. He's sort of looking off to the side, but within Iron Fist is... A picture of what's going on. It's in a subway, and there's these. It looks like these people are getting mugged by um, the, this gang with uh, target emblems on the back of their jackets. Uh, Correct. Yeah, that's the best way I can describe it. I guess it's confusing, but yeah, some of mine. What's What's going on here? Who are you guys? And what do you want with us? Yeah, he <laughs> looks pretty scared. Okay, so go to the next page. So yeah, these guys are pretty much being jerks. Um, 
you know, they're, they're on their turf, apparently, the Golden Tiger turf. Well, I, right, I like how it starts off with uh, the Asian guy who is also wearing a matching necklace to his jacket design. Fires off with a <laughs> a white slur, calling him Anglo. Wow. Listen here, Anglo. Watch your mouth. Oh God, I'm so offended. <laughs> and <laughs> basically stating it's Golden Tiger territory, and that if you're going to be here after the lights go out, you're either gonna not gonna stay healthy, or you're gonna pay. And. So then, luckily, a cop shows up, and he proceeds to just whip out his gun, um, and go. You know, they're not paying anything. Put your hands up and your body's up against that wall. And then, one of the gang members uh, throws a shuriken and slashes his wrist with it. And I'm very proud of you for pronouncing that properly, by the way. I mean, it's pretty like common, well-known thing. So, yeah. And then anyway, so the cop gets knocked out by, you know, the pig gets knocked out by this gang member. And... Who then goes for his gun. Yep. And he's about to shoot him in the head and finish him off when Iron Fist comes just crashing through, literally kicking him in the face. Um, Up over the turnstile. Yep, screaming, there'll be no funerals, Butcher, except perhaps for you. Dun, dun, dun. Which is really Iron Fist talking out of his ass because he's not going to ever kill anybody. But it is quite impressive as he's uh, kicking that guy in the face and taking a bullet through the ankle at the same time. Well, he's not going to kill anybody for like <laughs> 25 years. It'll start killing people at some point. So, yeah. They don't really make a thing out of it, though. He just like starts to kill people. Not like all the time, not like Punisher, <laughs> but sometimes we'll just kill someone and they won't really make a big deal out of it or anything. But, anyway. Um, Fantastic full-page yes. John Byrne at his finest. Followed up by another full-page of what John Byrne it does exceedingly well, an action shot with Iron Fist mowing through the entire gang, all in action sequences going from point A to point B. Yeah. There's actually one, two, three, four, five, six, seven figures of Iron Fist on this page as he flips and jumps and kicks and punches his way through this entire gang. Yeah. And uh, yeah, as the tourists right. look in horror and the cop is up against the wall holding his slit wrist from the throwing star now Iron Fist does screw up because he apparently lands on some newspaper which slip makes his footing slip and one of the gang members does get a shot in with his odd shaped sword and it does mention that um, the only reason Iron Fist found these guys is because he's pretty much just been roaming New York it was just luck um, that he found them. He didn't know they were going to be there or anything because he's just trying to get to know this city that he's sworn to protect, which happened off-panel, I guess. Um, he's so, Batman. Yeah. I mean, why? <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, um, so, yeah. Jeez, New York's a big city to learn by foot. Oh, yeah. Like, 
He's, he's really lucky he stumbled across this, actually. Although, I guess, how many superheroes in New York? I'm sure someone would have stumbled across this, because it's just, like, chock full of them. It's where there's more superheroes than citizens in New York. Lots of costumes in New York. Yeah. So, this guy stabs him in the back. Iron Fist quickly remedies the situation, almost breaking the guy's arm as he punches him in the face. Another guy, another of the gang member is just in awe that, you know, these are the best of the best that the Golden Tigers have to offer. And Iron Fist just mowed through them like they were children. Yeah. And Iron Fist makes note to himself to not lose his temper. He only needs to subdue them, not cripple them. Mm -hmm. And then I say, cripple them. Go ahead, Danny. <laughs> you know, seriously. You'll be beeping that out later, Mr. Potty Mouth. So, while he's not paying attention, the train shows up because he is on a subway station. So the subway rolls in. He gets distracted, and one of the slightly less wounded guys sees his opportunity to Sparta kick him in the chest, sending him into the subway, where he kind of sticks to it like glue, <laughs> taking him in the direction that the subway is going just in time for him to smack off against the wall. Yeah. Or one of the one of the girders holding up the roof of the subway station. He falls to the ground thinking that he needs to get up quickly to make sure none of these guys escape, but unfortunately the subway doors open and he is now completely surrounded by civilians getting off the subway and all he can do is pretty much not get trampled by them. Not get trampled, not even try to get up, apparently, but watch as they all slip away. I mean, and then we shoot to his... Yep, go for pretty, it. Sorry, it'd just be pretty hard to get up if you're getting trampled by a bunch of New York people. Probably on drugs because it's the 70s, so... I mean, look at, that, look at those pants. Look at that chick's pants with the flames. Those are awesome. Tell me she's not hot. <laughs> Actually, she it might even the... be a dude. Who knows? You are correct there also. It could be. <laughs> Since we cannot see anything above, you know, the knee, it's it's a crapshoot there. It could be either. Yeah. So, so now we we are outside. All the reporters and subway and they are surrounding the subway. It's been just and a really we, slow news day, so everyone is here because there's just like nothing else happening. So all the neighbors are here. Peter Parker is here, and much to wearing Mary a James Captain America shirt. Much to Mary Jane's disdain. That was actually during the Spider-Man comics that were running while this was running. Um, that was like a plot thread is that Mary Jane was always getting peeved off because Peter was always turning their dates into like some ridiculous, you know, Spider-Man slash Daily Beagle thing. Just a bit of trivia for you guys there. Unless I'm wrong, then just tell me I'm wrong by contacting us. Um... <laughs> That'll but never if happen. No one, if no one contacts us, then I guess I'll just have to assume that everything I say is right. So that's right. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just completely correct all the time, I guess. And your favorite police officer in the world is there. He's your favorite too. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> he's just he's just so useless. Even the way he's drawn, he just sort of looks. Duh. He's pretty generic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, Iron Lu Fist. Ooh. Yes, Lieutenant Scarf. Thank you for my, my lemon PT that I'm not even sure it contains water, elitist. See, he can't even make a, like, cup of tea 
Well, I don't know if he's referring to how he makes it or just the quality of what they call tea from a side cart vendor in New York City. I hope he's in um, the Netflix series, because if he is, they'll definitely make him less bland than he is here. And although to any Raphael Scarf fans, I apologize. Because <laughs> maybe he gets better later on, and I'm just forgetting. That's a possibility. But... I'm pretty sure he rolls into the Power Man and Iron Fist series, doesn't he? No, I remember he? him being in it. I just can't remember, like, how much he... Like, I just can't remember much of what he did. Um, so, yeah. So, so basically... We, we've, we've been greeted with a Peter Parker guest appearance, and then we have a Captain, Captain America, America sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have a nice little second little guest things yes. where the another cop rolls in up on scarf and iron fist because they're talking about you know not having witnesses because no one will you know no one will speak up against these guys and uh one another cop rolls up saying oh it turns out one of the tourists the guy named burn as in john burn um is an artist and he drew the emblem on the gang shirt and, and now he's drawing their faces. So Scarf's all like, beautiful, maybe we'll get a break after all. And then he looks at them and they're like, hmm, they all have very square jaws. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he said they were Asian. <laughs> well, that's racist, Carl. <laughs> no, I'm just saying... All these chiseled guys. Yeah. John Burns style. I mean, if they ever And cast... speaking of chiseled guys, we're then presented with an Asian <laughs> in the background talking to himself. Yeah, so basically this guy has one long monologue. So we're just going to condense it for you. Oh, it's like two and a half pages of monologue. Basically, his brother is the leader of this gang and he's a lawyer but he used to be in the army mm -hmm. and he has a family so he feels a bit weird for like you know he thinks if he gets caught even the fact that he's his brother he'll still get killed so but yeah that that condenses like two pages for you um and there's a tie-in to daredevil um oh yeah there is two yes actually um they because the after this guy is um, sneaking into the place and following this chick, it goes to the gang leader and his group, and they say that Mafia Chieftain Ruffio Costa was, like, you know, arrested. Um, and that it said that was detailed in Daredevil Annual 1, but that doesn't make On any sense. On sale now. Because Daredevil won, um, in addition annual to... Annual one, no. Annual, Daredevil not normal. Daredevil annual one, in addition to being one of the, like, real morbid curiosities of bad comics that I've read, um, was released in the 60s, and was Electro and the Emissaries of Evil, which was an awful, awful just version of the Sinister Six. I mean, the fact that it was headed by a Spider-Man villain, and they had freaking Leapfrog... And Stiltman, who Stiltman's pretty cool, I gotta say. And they had bloody 
Oh, who was that idiot? They had the Matador, who's literally just a Matador. Um, I can't even remember the others. They didn't even have Purple Man. Purple Man's sort of lame anyway, and they didn't even have him there. And it's... Um, Wait, did you just say Purple Man was lame? I mean, uh, oh, God. I'm going to get crucified by people who watch that Jessica Jones show now, because I say Purple Man's lame. He is lame. He's purple. He's... I mean, he... Oh, okay. So he's become cool in the past few years, and his Killgrave thing wasn't too bad. Um, well, let's just say this. In dead purple, purple Man got the blade treatment. Because the because the blade in the comic book and the blade that's been in three different movies are totally different people. (laughs) Well, the Purple Man and Jessica Jones isn't that different, really, than like the recent comics. Um, Well, by recent, I mean like eighties. (laughs) So, you mean he got better, but like. Around that time in his intro, he was just like a purple dude who laughed maniacally and twirled an invisible mustache and just told people to do whatever. And then it didn't work on Daredevil because he's blind. I'm not sure how that works, but whatever. Alright, I did a little digging. The Daredevil issue that you read, Electro and his Emissaries of Evil, yep. is actually King Size Special number one, yeah. not annual number one. Okay. Interesting. However, you being in Australia, it could have very well have been called annual number one. Okay. Some people do still refer to it as annual, though. Because on the Marvel database, it says it's annual number one. Um, Yeah, but the cover cover clearly states king size special. does not say anywhere on it annual. Where is annual number one, then? I don't know, because there's been a freaking annual number one for every single there's been a 2012 annual number there's one there's been a 2007 so like um the annual number one for volume two that would have been like early 2000s actually I have all of the, the list of that over here I'll just have a quick look let's see listeners did you know Carl has children Three of them. Mm-hmm. They're monsters. I honestly don't know what they're what they are talking about because I'm even looking at the covers of the annuals and none of them go back to seventy six. Yeah, it just it it goes straight from that king size special to and like it's all king size specials and it's four. Uh, right, so that one's nineteen ninety. You should read Electro on the Emissaries of Evil. It's truly awful. Uh, you know what? You know what it could have been? Giant sized Daredevil number one. Hmm. Which was a double issue. They reprinted Electro and his Emissaries of Evil in it, plus uh, on some new storyline. When was that? Because that's at least 75. Okay. Yeah, that could be it. And there's no next issue, apparently, so... Yeah. Hmm. 
Well, that's that mystery solved. Thanks. Who? All right. Who wrote this little box? Who did it? Archie. Had to be Ar- Archie. Archie is no more Wolfman, apparently. Archie, you're in trouble, mate. <laughs> you are in deep doo-doo. If you are still alive, we are going to write you a, la- a nasty email. <laughs> oh, is he dead? Wow. I don't even know. I, have, I don't know. I have no idea. Well, I mean, we'll find out. This is one hell of a tangent. <laughs> so, okay, so, I the, looked up the leader... Kuhlman, okay, yes. And it just... <laughs> just took me to the basketball player so yeah. <laughs> so the leader of this gang is even is talking about how they've slowly been making their niche and they're going to take over and they're going to be the big ones and then he even drops like no wheeler dealer more ward meacham and his niche joy and especially not iron fist they're going to mess with us so not only is iron fist pulled into this mix but the meachams are also yeah. And then out of nowhere, the girl that the brother followed speaks up saying that, you know, us girls have been training and we can fight as good as any man, this, that, and the other thing, and we should be out there with you, which infuriates this crime lord leader who's in the shadows. And he basically backhand slaps her. She screams at him, Chaka, no. And he goes, and... if you were the martial artist you claimed to be, you would have blocked my blue shut your woman's mouth and get out well this is a society I can get behind <laughs> see now we'll get hate mail because people will be contacting us so. no people still won't contact us uh, okay. <laughs> we might be mentioned on some blog about how awful we are so. um, and so then we cut back to the we cut back to Chaka's brother the one who snuck in to see all this yep. saying I'm sorry, Robert, but this must stop. So apparently Chaka's real name is Robert. And then from out of nowhere, and I don't think we ever find out who says this, it says, Evening, Mr. Ho, looking for your brother. And we then don't it goes... find out. Like I was waiting the whole issue. <laughs> and we don't find out. Um, so I just want to, I don't know if it's deliberate, but the obvious parallels between this guy and the Kunlun Society their way of like not letting women fight yes very similar um i'm not sure if like that's especially parallel between kunlun or if that's just their like commentary or something um so then we go to a misty scene i'm just kidding guys don't worry it's not a misty scene um we go to stately wayne manor well <laughs> no it's a hundred blocks from Chinatown to Riverside in, in the 80s. All right. Um, so... So Danny's sitting at his abandoned house, which has been empty for 10 years, that he has just been given the keys back to. And he's sitting there in his bathrobe in front of a big glass window, pouting about his dead parents, when all of a sudden a bat breaks through the window. Whoa. Spoilers. <laughs> Um, I just, uh, so he lives in Riverside, then. Have you been to New York? Uh, I've been there a few times. I personally don't care for it. My brother lived in it for many, many, many years. Now he lives in Brooklyn. I'm just wondering Uh, what area Riverside is in. I have no 
idea. I don't know where that is. Because I always... If it is, I'm sure it's real, because Marvel does like to base their stuff out of real stuff. Have so... you read Frank Miller's Daredevil run? Like, he would go to the actual locations and just draw them. And oh, I believe like... it. Yeah, it's... Um... Before Frank lost his mind? Yeah. Lost... Yeah. Frank, <laughs> if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> The whole entire comic industry is sorry. Wow. I mean, there's there's people who've lost their minds, like, even worse. Oh, well, I mean... Were you about to say John Byrne? <laughs> I mean, because he was always insane, but, like... What has he even done recently? Oh, uh, no, another tangent. All right. <laughs> Let's... I think, he, I think he's a teacher now, to be honest. Yeah? It's warping young minds. I mean... He's warping young minds, but he'd be making him pretty intelligent as well. So it's sort of like a trade-off, I guess. It's like making evil super soldiers. They're super soldiers, but they're evil. So... Oh, speaking of which, did Deadpool open in Australia? Yeah, I saw it last night. Oh, you did? Yeah. And your quick review with no spoilers? As a person who hates the lol random Daniel Way humor of Deadpool, a person who likes the you know, the darker Deadpool with more depth and stuff, but that's still funny. Back in the 90s, the famous Joe Kelly run, I was a really big fan of the movie. It mm-hmm. was pretty much adapting the style of that early stuff, and it's it's accessible to everyone as well, so I recommend it. Um, a bit too light, light-hearted for me, but, you know, I guess I didn't want to scare audiences, so... Yeah. <laughs> So thumb, two thumbs up. From Excellent. The, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. But from what I'm reading online, I don't see how I could hate it because everyone I know who has similar tastes said it was fantastic. I don't think it's like the best thing ever, but I did really enjoy it. And I mean, it could have been so much worse. All right. Well, here's my honest question to you. Yeah. Out of all of the Marvel properties that have been turned to film so far. Which one do you think is the shining light best of them? It might not have made them the most money, but which movie do you personally think so far has been the best movie? Does it have to be like Marvel Cinematic Universe, or can it be anything like X-Men and stuff? No, any any Marvel property. Um, Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. Love Spider-Man it. 2 is fantastic. The Doc Octopus story. Yeah. Just unreal. By far, I will say this, I think it's the best picture Sony Mm. has done. And that lumps all the Spider-Man, all the X-Men films. And I haven't seen Deadpool yet, so I can't comment on that. But I do think, without a doubt, Spider-Man 2 is Sony's shining light. Well, it just, it wasn't completely accurate, but it... Those first two Spider-Man movies really captured the feel of, like, the Stanley Romita, um, like, era, and... Oh, definitely, and the third film crapped on everything. Uh, I, I thought it was still enjoyable, but it was just nowhere near as good as the first two, which I think is why people hate it so much. They put too many people in it, and from what I understand, they wanted to put even more people into There's it. There's a lot of executive meddling, essentially killed it, you know, usual stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah... But I, uh, for me, for me, I mean, 
I loved Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought it was fantastic. I loved Ant-Man. I couldn't believe I walked into that one expecting nothing, dude, because the trailers stunk so bad for that film. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, even my wife was blown away by Ant-Man. And, uh, but still, still, I think the best one so far has been Winter Soldier. Mm. The spy slash espionage, it's like straight out of the late 70s, early 80s type film. It just hit all the marks. It had the action. It had the fights. It had the story. It had the good acting. It had the special effects. Yeah, I see. I loved the Captain America bits of that movie, but to be honest, I walked out of the theater with a very sour taste in my mouth. Really? Yeah. It. I mean, it's because there were so many things going on in the movie, and they weren't really sure, like, was it focusing on Bucky? Was it focusing on the whole, like, espionage shield thing? Was it focusing on Cap? And, like, that wasn't the problem, though. Um... I think I've said this before, I like Black Widow in the comics, and I think Scarlett Johansson is just a terrible, terrible Black Widow. Bland, you know, just quit, like, she was just a quipster instead of being, like, an ambiguous double agent or something, and, like, she ruined the movie for me. I'll just say it flat, she ruined the movie for me. Um, it was, yeah. But, other, like, besides her, I really liked the movie, but she just ruined the movie so much for me that I can't, like, watch it, if you know what I mean. Um, wow. Yeah. You just hate women, don't you? <laughs> oh, my God. I do not. I liked Colleen. I've said that so many times. <laughs> All right. So back to the actual comic we're reviewing here. Yes. Um, so Danny's at home, in his home that he hasn't been in over 10 years, technically 12 years. Uh... And he's miserable. Every corner has a memory, but he doesn't feel like it's his home anymore. And the memories are actually, you know, getting him down to the point where he breaks down and loses it on the steps. I mean, it hits home, pun completely intended, um, Mm -hmm. when he's, because he's wondering, like, this is the first time he's really been back from Kunlun, if you know what I mean. It's the first time he's just sort of, like, been in his old house. And he just can't really handle it. And not because, like, all my parents are dead, but... Well, that's part of it. It's sort of like that, but it's a bit more. It's the first time I think he's, like, sort of just realised. I think he's just, like, taking... Sitting down and taking everything in. You know, now that he's back at this old house. And he's just... All these memories of him being 12 is coming back that he didn't really remember before, if you know what I mean. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... And discussing about the information he found out that possibly UT had something to do with his parents' death, and he didn't deny it, so he's confused with that, too. I mean, he's confused about everything. Like, he doesn't know what's what, really. Um, He might need a strong, handsome, powerful man to uh, (laughs) show him the way. And another great full-page memory flashback wash and it's um, done by John Byrne with three little blocks of what he's going through while remembering and the memories his parents the, dying the memories are done in Gil Kane style if I'm 
like it doesn't it seems like John Byrne did his best to like um you know capture the style of like the Marvel Premiere 15 mm-hmm. um which I liked it's not just you know oh young young Danny's face on that page looks like a direct copy of yeah. what's in the issue yeah um and there's Meacham just being a classy guy as usual yeah with his mustache I mean, you give him the mustache. I know we covered this, but you give him the mustache, he's got to be evil. (laughs) (laughs) And then we are presented with a full page of Joy Meacham, now in her lavish apartment, which used to be the top two floors of, like, the Game of Death Tower that Danny fought his way through and has now been totally redone. Yep, it looks nice. And Joy is kind of doing some digging on her own and finding out that pretty much her uncle and even her father might have been a bit of a douche. You know, that, that lamp and that painting look like they're from Krypton. Uh, that lamp, I think, is from Sears. But yes, that painting. Wait, so Krypton did their shopping from Sears? Well, that's so, so that's why Sears was in the movie. Okay. It all makes sure. sense now. The real question should be is where did Davros get that snazzy track shoot suit? <laughs> I mean, I do want to spin off Davros' issue about him like assimilating and just like buying clothes. It'd be great. <laughs> give me all of your wares. Oh, you have so, to give money for that. <laughs> so Joy has basically put Davros on a quest to do a little digging himself on some information that she has found out to see if her uncle is up to a bunch of bad, illegal deals. I mean, she was in the room when he was doing, like, you know, really bad stuff, like planning murder, so... Yeah, this shouldn't really be a shock to her. But again, it was trying to murder Iron Fist, so that is something they're both trying to, at one type, go for. Oh, that makes it okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, just, like, you know, planning murder. And it's like, ugh, ugh, ugh. Anyway. So then we have a a very interesting double-paged spread that not only is double-paged, but it's double-storied. From left to right, the top story is going in conjunction with the bottom of the two pages also going left to right. We should probably point out Sorry that um, Davos uh, has pledged his service to Joy because Joy swore to help him kill Iron Fist, and until that's done, Davos will be in her service. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. As Carl said, there's this uh, two-page spread, and like the top and bottom panels are happening simultaneously because they're divided in the middle by a bunch of clocks, which is showing the time. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. And uh, the top section of these two pages is basically we find out that what Danny needed to get prepared for when he was back at the house because he had his suit and his iron fist outfit laid out on his bed was that apparently today there is a big meeting Misty is there the lawyer is there they're getting ready they're a little bit nervous Misty's fixing his tie they're heading in and who do they meet 
more Meacham. Hmm, what's going on there? Meanwhile, on the bottom page from left to right, we have the Golden Tiger Gang meeting, getting together, going into the Meacham building, going in through a back door, and then putting on separate outfits. And we see apparently Robert, I believe his name was, putting on his Chaka mask. Just as a security guard walks in and goes, you know, what's going on with the Halloween getup? And Iron, I like to, Iron just points out that he feels like he's wearing an absurd costume when he puts on the suit. Right. So this leads me to believe he's never seen a mirror. <laughs> I know. So then, on, so then on the next page, it basically comes down to, um, what's the lawyer's name again? Jan Hargoff is basically there saying, guess what, you know. Danny's alive. And Danny's alive. Dead by, for some reason, Joy and Danny were never declared dead by um, Harold. So, and then, you know, Ward's like, you think you can just walk in here, take half of what's rightfully yours, Mr. Wayne? I mean, Rand. <laughs> And, again, the bottom half of the page is while this basically saying, you know, yeah, he's he's alive and he owns 55% of this company. Yeah. And at the very last panel of that, someone's kicking in the door. And Danny, I'm not supposed to be Iron Fist, is yelling out loud, Heart of the Dragon. (laughs) The bottom of the page, we see the security guard who walked in making the crack about the Halloween costume, getting a karate chop to the neck. Then a whole slew of these guys in their costumes running up the stairs at breakneck speed, and their last page is also them kicking in the door. And on the final page is a one-page splash of them being confronted by Chucker, crime lord of New York, and, you know... And and you will either accede to our demands, Joy Meacham, or one by one your friends and colleagues will all die. And Misty's reaching for a gun, and Jan's like, no, don't do that now. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, they, these guys don't have guns, they should, but then again, they have shurikens, so. Mm. But it's a pretty decent final page splash. Um, and Danny feels helpless because he's in a three-piece suit, not in his, you know, Iron Fist garb. So I guess for some reason he feels that he cannot, because he is trying to pull the whole secret identity thing here, even though Joy Meacham knows exactly who he is. Uh, she doesn't know who he is. What? I'm pr- yeah, no, don't they mention that earlier? Like, that, um, yeah, no, Dan- Danny mentions it earlier that uh, Joy Meacham doesn't know who he is. Like, none of the Meachams know that he's Iron Fist. That seems a little odd with everything that went down and what the father knows. Yeah, I'll just double check that, but yeah, I'm definitely. A foggy night in Chinatown, a superhero poisoned, and the only antidote rests at the end of a gauntlet of murderous martial artists in the hands of a man who has sworn Iron Fist's death. The dragon dies at midnight. Next issue. Yeah, there it is um, on this page. I shouldn't be worried, though. None of the Meachams know I'm Iron Fist. 
That's just ridiculous. It is a bit ridiculous, I agree, but it's not the most ridiculous thing. I can sort of believe it. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm very glad that they do away with the whole secret identity thing, because I never thought, like, the dual identity thing suited Iron Fist at all. Like, just no. his, his characterization and stuff, it seems like they just did it to make it, you know, another superhero book. Because it just really doesn't make sense with his backstory just and his character, so... making him Batman. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, well, why do you... Yeah. I mean, that, that gets um, done um, away uh, with... A billionaire whose parents died, which lead him to turn into, you know, yeah. a superhero. Where have we read that before? Um, Superman? Or was it Spider-Man? It was one of those two, right? Daredevil, clearly. Oh, okay, that's true, actually, yeah. <laughs> um, I liked, uh, I liked the first part of that issue, the, the subway, I thought that was great. Oh, starts off with a perfect, awesome, fantastic action sequence. And then it gets... It doesn't get bad. It just gets more to... It pretty you much know, just sets up for the next issue. Flashbacks and stuff that we've been reading about since we're yeah. going issue to issue. All that stuff is still fresh in all our minds. Yeah. So we go into the typical flashback, and then it goes to more lawyery stuff where he's trying to get the company back or he actually he's never even mentioned that he's even interested in the company it's more Hargarth. uh hogarth is just pushing the fact forward yeah but apparently some major poo happens in the next issue so we've got that to look forward to yeah i didn't think the issue was bad by any means um it was just a lot of setup and um, yeah. de- depending on with, if we can get our hands on the brand new issue or not, we might actually have a two episodes next week. Yeah. So right on. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> or maybe like a double episode. Who knows? But we'll let you know once we know. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Hopefully we can get it next week though. That'd be cool. Cover on. Um... But. Hmm. But thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, thanks for man. never never contacting us or writing emails or commenting on any of our stuff. That's always a plus. <laughs> <laughs> That's sarcasm. Don't make them angry. <laughs> Why? Then maybe we'll get a comment. <laughs> Peace. Namaste. Iron Fist and all other characters in these comics are properties of Marvel and Disney, and any music or images we use belong to their respective copyright holders, and we do this for fun, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at sonsofthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Just send us mail, comments, thoughts, send us anything you want really, even if it's not about Iron Fist, um, and if you don't want it read out on the air, just mention that. Um, you can also reach us at Facebook. The Immortal Iron Fist Podcast, Sons of the Dragon. Our Twitter, at Iron Fist Podcast. Our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash Sons of the Dragon with hyphens where the spaces are. Our YouTube, Connor Carl. Just search Iron Fist Podcast on YouTube and you'll find us real quick. And then there's our WordPress, Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist Podcast, dot wordpress.com. 
We are also on iTunes. Feel free to rate us there. If you rate us less than five stars, well, just tell us what we're doing wrong and we'll try and improve that. And last but not least, we are on Podcast Garden in the literature section. And thanks to Thomas Tissot for the theme song at the start. And thanks. <laughs>